Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm your host, Ariana Bravo, and this is the Autosport Podcast. This weekend, Formula One races in Mexico City for the first of the final triple header of the season. The battle between Mercedes and Red Bull continues, and in today's practice sessions, we saw Mercedes fastest in FP1 with Valtteri Bottas leading, but Red Bull fastest of FP2 with championship leader Max Verstappen leading the way. The drivers struggled with low grip at the track, especially in the first session of the day, and we saw Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz ending up in the wall as a result. In the afternoon session, problems arose for both Daniel Ricciardo and George Russell, both of which encountered gearbox issues, while Yuki Tsunoda and Lance Stroll have taken new engines for the weekend, which as a result will see them starting at the back of the grid. Today, I am joined by Motorsport.com's F1 editor, Jonathan Noble. John, it's lovely to have you joining. How are you doing? Yeah, not so bad. Um... These covering these uh, flyway races um, remotely because we're still doing a lot of stuff from Zoom because the COVID protocols and everything means very very long days. So um, um, we've obviously got to cover the European kind of hours and keep the story flow going. Uh, and then the sessions finish quite quite late on, and there's all the post reaction, and um, we have people working till the super early hours of the morning in Europe. But uh, we'll get there. There's not many of these. Um, these race on the wrong side of the world. So once we're through um, Mexico, Brazil, we then come on to the the Middle East where things should hopefully uh, get a bit better. Yeah, I can imagine that these time zones really do present challenges for the team back in the UK, but you're all doing a fantastic job. And I know that all of our readers and listeners are so grateful for all of the effort that you guys are putting in. But looking forward to the weekend in Mexico, Race one of the triple header, final one of the season, as we've mentioned. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, 
I think we're entering quite an intriguing part of the, the championship now. I just think that what happened in Austin with Max Verstappen's victory um, just put a little bit of momentum behind Red Bull's title charge. And you just sensed there was that phase, you know, up until kind of Turkey time where Mercedes had started getting things together pretty comfortable with its car. Red Bull hadn't been so so comfortable. And Austin's just, just turned it around given Max's 12-point deficit, 12-point um, advantage, sorry, going into two tracks, high-altitude tracks in Mexico and Brazil, where traditionally the, the Red Bull and the Honda have been better. Um, so you, it puts the championship in Red, Red Bull's grasp. It means Mercedes can't afford to, to lose too much of an opportunity. And as the races count down, suddenly it starts getting very urgent that there isn't a big deficit and there isn't a big gap. So... 12 points now, but if Lewis has a DNF and Max scores 25 points, suddenly that, that championship's looking in the grasp in two or two or three races' time. So getting to the sharp end of the season, the intensity will really start ramping up incredibly. Um, and that's what I find especially interesting. I think, yeah, I think this weekend and Brazil will be critical to, to where this goes as to whether, whether Max has a chance of winning it early or if somehow Mercedes can hold on and, and we take it all the way to, way to Abu Dhabi. But it's going to be an intense three weeks and I'm not expecting it to be straightforward. I think there's going to be a few twists and tails to go. Well, if this season so far is anything to go by, then we are certainly, certainly in for some more twists and turns. Um, it is such an exciting championship battle that we have on our hands at the moment as you said the race is coming up going to be really critical and very intriguing in this wider battle that we have but looking at the practice sessions that we had today Mercedes were quickest in FP1 with Valtteri leading Lewis behind and then the Red Bulls and then in FP2 it was Max fastest with the Mercedes Euros splitting the Red Bulls coming into this weekend the big conversation topic is this battle that we've already touched on now Red Bull are the favourites going into this weekend. But looking at today's pace from the two teams, do you think that that is still the case? Yeah, I think absolutely the Red Bull looks quick. Um, I think there was a bit of intrigue in FP1. Obviously, the Mercedes were quickest. Um, and a lot of talk ahead of the weekend about the strength of the Honda package in particular that we've seen in the past, that when you get to high altitude, I think the, maybe the way the Honda was able to increase its turbo speed or the MGH speed, in the past, which it wasn't doing at normal altitude, could overcome a lot of the, the, the problems these engines have dealing with the high altitudes here, which gave them an advantage. And I think there were some questions about whether that advantage would still be there, that the, the efficiencies and improvements that Honda had made generally uh, with its power unit to, to increase performance at normal tracks perhaps meant they wouldn't have an advantage at these tracks because there wasn't as much, much gain to make, if that makes sense. Um, and then you saw FP1, the Mercedes are quicker, but I mean, Red Bull were quite quick to to point out after it's gone to their GPS data that Mercedes had, had once again, like in Austin, were using a higher engine mode to, to lift the performance. I think probably just get some baseline settings for the weekend just to understand where the strengths and weaknesses are. Um, so that gave them the performance in FP1. And then obviously FP2, Max was pretty much in a different class. Really. Half a second is, is quite a lot. I think it shows that definitely on single lap pace, the Red Bull looks to be the, the best car this weekend. So it could come down to strategy. Um, we saw the two teams doing something slightly different in terms of the tyres the they've used and um, which is the best way to go. But Lewis was pretty adamant after We're lacking downforce. Um, Red Bull's too quick at the moment. So I think 
it is looking like a Red Bull weekend. But the best news for Mercedes, it appears the other teams aren't as close. Um, you know, the concern for them would be if they're half a second off Red Bull, then you know, there's a chance that, you know, could McLaren get in there or could even Ferrari get in there in the gap and suddenly Max is winning and Lewis is finishing fifth, sixth. But if it's a half second deficit and Lewis can still finish second, I think he'll be pretty happy with that. Yeah, that's a very good point that you raise, actually, because, of course, we have had some races where you have the Ferraris, the McLarens, uh, getting into the mix of things and really throwing up some problems for those top two teams. But, of course, this weekend is Checo's home race. The atmosphere here in Mexico City is electric. I mean, travelling to and from the circuit, there are murals everywhere, posters with his face on. The support for him is absolutely incredible. He comes into this race off the back of two podiums. How do you think that he will fare this weekend? Yeah, big pressure weekend for Checo. Um, well, I think big pressure and big enjoyment weekend for him. Um, you know, seems when you see him speaking and see him walk around the paddock, you know, very relaxed, very chilled. Um, he's been through this before. He's had the the weight of expectation of a, a packed Mexico City track um, pushing him on. So, and, and this year he's got you know the best chance he's got of a, a home victory. Got more comfortable with the RB16B. He started off the season a bit on the back foot, needing to use his Max's setup, but he's, he's ploughed his own furrow now, um, doing his own setup, getting more improvements. He's had two podiums. Um, things are getting better. The Red Bull seems to be quick. So this is an absolute golden opportunity for him to do it. And sure, there is this, the, the team order scenario that um, is brought up in almost every single press conference. If Sergio is leading on Sunday in the closing stage of Max's second, what will Red Bull do? Um, I think absolutely no doubt that they would order Perez aside and get Max through. I think, you know, you cannot imagine a scenario where they let Perez win and Max doesn't get the points and then he Max loses the championship by a few points at the end of the season so they they can't risk that so that is will happen but I think as we saw with Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton at Monza in the sprint race um, exact same scenario that you just knew that if Valtteri was leading and Lewis was second that Valtteri would have to give up the win but circumstances played the hand Lewis made the bad start and dropped back and Valtteri went on to score the win so Sergio will just be complete heads down We'll see how the circumstances pan out in the race. And that's when the the decision will be taken. Oh, gosh. If that situation does arise with Checo leading and uh, Max in second, and they do ask him to to switch, the the atmosphere at the track will be something quite, quite unique, I think. That would definitely upset all of the fans that have come out to support him. And that's, you know, such a difficult pill to swallow for Checo if it does happen. But of course, you know, <laughs> we're not in that situation yet. So let's not um, stoke that fire too much because we aren't there just yet. We will see how things unfold over the rest of the weekend. But moving on, we saw several of the drivers today struggling for grip in these sessions, particularly in FP1 with Checo and Charles ending up in the wall. How much of an issue do you expect this to be for the remainder of the weekend? Yeah, the dust was incredible early on. It looks like you know, this was a track that hadn't been cleaned or hadn't been used for for decades almost. It was it was so bad. But um racing tracks can clean up very, very quickly. Um we see it often sometimes in um Bahrain in the desert if there's been a sandstorm. Uh can be a lot of dirt, a lot of dust um floating around. So, you know, it cleans up, the rubber gets laid down, things will improve. And I'm sure once the FI saw how dirty it was, there'll probably be a few more 
um, track sweepers sent out overnight just to try and clean things up. So, But I think it's just generally a, a tricky track anyway. The, the high altitude means that the teams have got this bizarre scenario where they run Monaco levels of downforce. So the absolute maximum levels of downforce you've got. But because of the, the thin air altitude, they... Um, actually have the downforce that they have at Monza which is the lightest of the season so the cars are sliding around a lot there's not much grip uh, we saw in FP1 when Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez uh, went off I think just trying you know just to get some heat in their tyres and getting used to the track track surface and um, it is tricky um, I don't think it'll be especially easy all weekend but I think things will get better and they, the drivers quickly adapt to it uh, I'm sure they've you know, having come from Austin, which is a quite high grip surface with high downforce and quick corners to this place, um, would be like probably racing at Silverstone one weekend and then Monza, Monza the day after, just in terms of trying to get used to the, the different environments. And moving on to those Ferraris, the battle with McLaren for third in the Constructors' Championship is still very well underway with only three and a half points separating the teams. Ferrari have a lot of momentum behind them coming into this weekend. Charles is coming off the back of consecutive P4 finishes and Carlos has a 10 race points finish streak under his belt. Do you think that they have the better package than their rivals McLaren for this weekend? Yeah, coming into the weekend, you would have thought Ferrari, you know, had everything they needed really. Um, We've seen phases of the championship where McLaren have been quicker and better. Phases of the championship... Um, where Ferrari have been better and it's generally been around track characteristics so you know Monaco Baku for example high downforce circuits um, slow speed corners absolutely perfect for the Ferrari and that's where Leclerc got his pole positions um, then you see higher higher speed circuits with long straights so talking Red Bull Ring um, Monza Spa we saw a little bit um, where the McLaren's much much better um, and it's swung between these two all season. Um, but I think what's happened more recently is this engine upgrade that Ferrari has bought has just lifted their performance enough on the straights. So where McLaren was well clear on the straights before, that's not necessarily the case now. Um, so Ferrari's got better traction, better acceleration on the straights, better top speed. Um, and that's just changed the game a little bit. Um, we saw it especially in Austin, where you would have expected... Um, track perfectly to suit the McLaren with the um, fast first section and the long straights and then the slow final section um, so you'd expect McLaren to be quickest in the first two sectors and Ferrari to be quickest in the final sector it didn't quite pan out that way because Ferrari were quick in the um, second and third sectors um, kind of which shows the, the steps they've made with that power unit and I think coming here they felt they were in quite good shape because it's a high downfall circuit perfect Ferrari, slow speed corners, perfect for Ferrari, and now a long straight um, as well, which should help them. But it was it was a day where it didn't really click for Ferrari. Um, you would have expected them to be up there if the Mercedes were a bit off the pace compared to Red Bull. You'd have thought Ferrari could slot in there quite happily, but it, it didn't happen. It hasn't happened. So I think it would be a lot of head scratching uh, tonight from Ferrari just to work out if, if this is generally where they're at and if the top two teams have gone um, and there was that gap there or if there was a chance of just turning things around and unlocking some performance from the car. 
And when it comes to McLaren, of course, they never really show their hand on Friday, but they had a tough FP2 with Daniel Ricciardo stuck in the garage after just seven laps with a gearbox issue. Do we know any more about this? Yeah, still some analysis going on at McLaren just to get through. It's quite quite weird that both Daniel and George Russell, um, two Mercedes runners, had gearbox problems in the same session, but um, McLaren build their own gearbox and um, Williams take the Mercedes customer version. So um, I don't think there's any reason to think there's a potential link there. Um, but it will be frustrating just losing losing setup time you know mclaren know the steps that ferrari have made um london norris talked about their fight being quite tense and tough at the moment that ferrari appears to have the quicker car so on a weekend where you'd expect ferrari to have the edge mclaren obviously will need everything to be running perfectly if they're going to maximize their points so just losing daniel um on this front isn't especially ideal um i think the good news is uh, from what we understand that williams may well be a race gearbox um, in which case that will be a grid penalty if that needs changing because you need to keep your race gearboxes um, for seven races. Um, for McLaren, they may well run a Friday gearbox separately um, just because they've got the budgets and resources to be able to do that. So should be able to swap that out without a grid penalty. But that's something we'll probably find out overnight. But um, yeah, I think just losing track time won't be ideal for McLaren because it's going to be quite tricky with tyres this weekend. The tyres don't seem to be holding on that much. There's obviously a lot of sliding around, not much grip. And it's quite a strange track because the tyre temps can drop an awful lot as well on the on the main straight. So it's a weekend where lots of strange things happen to the car because of the altitude. Um, so, yeah, sorry on the back foot, but we've seen McLaren have bad Fridays before and bounce back and be right on the pace on Saturday. Um, so there's no special reason why that won't happen again. As you mentioned there, another driver that ran into gearbox issues today was George Russell. Uh, he didn't manage to get any proper running in. What more do we know? Yeah, we're still waiting for an official confirmation from Williams about the, the gearbox situation, but it does appear we did get a little message after the, the session from them just to say that it, it was a race gearbox um, and they're still investigating the issue at present. So I think unlike McLaren, um, Williams isn't a team that's been completely flush with kind of money and budgets and resources and I mean it's restructuring um, so if it's running the running the race gearbox then that would mean a, a penalty for tomorrow if, if it cannot be repaired so I think they need to find out what the, what the problem was is it something that can be fixed um, you are allowed although the gearbox is sealed you're allowed to open them for inspection and to, to find out what's going on so it's something that will probably go on um, overnight they'll be looking at the gearbox trying to work out what the problem is um, a can it be fixed and is it something quite simple um, sometimes it could be a you know straightforward software glitch um, could be something broken in some element that can be replaced so um, you know be work going on in the garage probably as we speak right now um, and we'll know more in the morning I spoke to George after FP2 and he said that, you know, the team will be working to resolve the issues, working hard overnight. But he did stress that, you know, the points come on a Sunday. And he also highlighted, of course, that Yuki Tsunoda and Lance Stroll will be starting at the back, which will open up some opportunities for him if, you know, he isn't also starting at the back. But on the topic of those two, it's going to be a tough race for those fighting their way through the pack and into the points. But Pierre Gasly and AlphaTauri were putting in a very promising performance today. Uh, Pierre was P5 in FP1 and P6 in FP2. What did you make of that pace today? 
Yeah, AlphaTauri did look um, very strong today. We saw Yuki Tsunoda, even though he's got this um, engine penalty, so we'll be starting at the back. He was flying in FP1. Um, so I think the, the, the advantage, if the Red Bull advantage we see is down to the Honda engine, then that should bode well for AlphaTauri as well. And you know, generally speaking, the, the AlphaTauri has been a quick car over a single lap. Um, all season, Pierre Gasly has been qualifying consistently you know, mid to, well, mid-ish in the top 10 of Q3, um, getting there. His problem's not been the Saturday and the pace. His problem's been the results on the, the Sunday, um, which explains why AlphaTauri is still behind Alpine in the Constructors' Championship, even though the AlphaTauri car's been quicker um, generally throughout the entire season. Um, so if the Honda engine is able to stretch its legs a little bit because of the high altitude, um, then why not? Um, Gasly getting up there, mixing it in that in that gap, and trying to tag on to the back of the Mercedes. I'm sure Red Bull themselves would absolutely love it if Gasly can cause some trouble for the Mercedes duo on Sunday. Now that is all we have time for today. But before I let you go, of course, it's time to put you on the spot. Qualifying predictions: Who are you going to back for pole? Well, I think you're going to have to go for Verstappen, aren't we? Because um, I mean, the Red Bull came here as favourites. Looks Max in particular looks very, very quick. Um, we've seen him be quick here in the past, even though amazingly he's not got an official pole position. Um, last time we were here, he got the penalty because of um, not lifting under yellows when Valtteri Bottas crashed. And then prior to that, there's that year where Daniel Ricciardo outqualified him. Um, it looked like he was nailed on to become, I think, I think he was going to become F1's youngest pole sitter. That year, there was just beaten by Daniel, which didn't go down especially well. But I think, you know, he's, he's hit a sweet spot with this Red Bull car. Um, it is a tricky car to set up, and they don't always get it right, but he's, they seem very, very comfortable with where they're at. don't think Mercedes have any particular answers. The fact that Lewis and Valtteri were quite comfortable with the car setup and that they were just simply lacking pace, I think, shows that they don't think there's much of a chance of knocking off the Red Bull from pole position tomorrow. I think the race could be different, especially a long run down to turn one. You've got all the, the possibilities of a slipstream and um, outbreaking him or alternative strategies or depending how many cars are there, splitting strategies to, to cause trouble. So I think even though pace-wise Mercedes may not be on it, doesn't necessarily mean it's all over for the race. But I think in terms of battle for pole, I think we're going to have to go with go with Max. And then what will be more interesting is seeing where Sergio ends up because... Um, uh, we know he's not been as strong as Max on Saturdays, especially when it comes to those final laps of Q3. So I think I think Lewis, I think Lewis would be happy if he gets second or third, to be honest, because you know sitting right behind Max's car on the grid on the on the best side of the track wouldn't necessarily be a be a bad place to start on that long run down to the corner. And we we saw in Austin, you know, Lewis knew he had one opportunity to try to get past Max on that run up to Turn One, and he absolutely nailed it. So um, all to play for, but. For tomorrow, I think I'm going to go for Max for pole. Let's see if you are right tomorrow. Either way, it is set to be a very exciting qualifying and race day come Sunday. John, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at Arena Bravo. Let me know what your predictions are. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are about the weekend ahead. And we'll be back tomorrow with our post-qualifying podcast. And then again, of course, on Sunday with our extended race coverage. But that is all from us. Thank you once again for tuning in. 
Well, a huge thanks to today's sponsor for bringing the show to you for free. They are Party Casino, your first choice for sports betting. And, of course, Formula One, who will be the winner next time out? Who's your favourite? Who's the outsider? And who might you want to bet on? You can, of course, bet on this year's Drivers' Championship as it goes down to the wire. But not just Formula One. Check out the sports section of Party Casino for the Premier League, Championship, Bundesliga or La Liga. Or maybe all about tennis, horse racing or MotoGP. Any one of 39 different sports in Party Casino. And hit the slots with the full Party Casino experience with jackpot slots, the best Vegas games, roulette in the life casino, and of course, blackjack as well. Partycasino.com has now got a safer gambling section on the homepage, so you can play while staying safe, learn how betting works, and manage the time you spend online. So, when you're ready, let's get the party started with 50 free spins on Starburst. How do you do it? You go to autosport.com slash partycasino. In three easy steps, sign up, make a deposit of 10 quid, and enjoy 50 free spins. That's autosport.com slash partycasino. Open to UK residents over 18 years old. Read full terms and conditions at partycasino.com, and please gamble responsibly. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.